Antoine Wells was great for the Gamecocks in 2022, but he needs someone else to step up into that wide receiver two role. And there's no one else more primed to do that than Xavier Leggett. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also the lead staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. And before we get into this Friday edition of Locked On Gamecocks, I want to let y'all know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. South Carolina is going to be starting spring practice in the next couple of weeks or so. An official start date has yet to be announced by Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football program. But, of course, we've already been talking about sort of some of the bigger storylines to watch with these position groups as they get closer and closer to the spring practice period beginning. And today we're going to talk about the wide receiver position unit, and more specifically, Xavier Leggett, who could be a real vital part of South Carolina's offense in 2023. Because if South Carolina's passing game wants to reach its full potential, Xavier Leggett has got to step up as South Carolina's number two wideout in this group. When you look at the returning production from this past season, Antoine Juice Wells, of course, we all know what Juice is going to be bringing to the football field. He racked up 68 catches for 928 receiving yards and six touchdowns in 2022. But the next best returning stat line from the receiver position itself is Amarian Brown, who racked up 23 catches for 188 receiving yards and zero touchdowns this past fall. Obviously, that is a significant drop-off, and that's due to the fact that Jalen Brooks has graduated, is no longer at South Carolina. Josh Van has graduated, is no longer at South Carolina. Somebody has got to step up and fill in the void that is being left by those guys. And that receiver needs to be Xavier Leggett. And I think that Xavier Leggett is the perfect candidate to fill in that second wide receiver slot in this offense for a few different reasons. Firstly, you got to talk about the size factor here. Xavier Leggett is listed at six foot three and 220 pounds, according to South Carolina's website. So essentially, he has got the size to be an outside wide receiver in this offense. And here's the thing. Unless you see a photo of Xavier Leggett or you actually see him up close and personal, you might not be able to tell. But when you do see him, he is absolutely built for a wide receiver. He has got a lot of muscle packed onto his frame. And Xavier Leggett is a very hard receiver to bring down at times. Obviously, the Texas A&M Aggies found that out the hard way, of course, on that kickoff return for a touchdown this past season. So, 
Xavier Leggett has got the size to be that second wide receiver, that other outside wide receiver opposite of Antoine Juice Wells in this offense. And here's the other thing. Xavier Leggett does not specialize in one particular area. Now, that might sound like a negative when I put it that way. But in this case, I actually think that it's a good thing. I think it helps Xavier Leggett. And here's why. The other returners from the Gamecocks, or for the Gamecocks this coming season, like Amarian Brown and Dakarion Joyner, the thing is, all these guys bring a ton of experience with this program and in this kind of offense, this pro-style-ish offense. But those receivers, they're going to play a specific role in this system. Brown is essentially a speedster who can take the top off of a, of a secondary through uh, some deep shot plays or the quick passing game, say, with screens. on Joyner, he's a player whose athleticism mainly opens things up for him in the short passing game. But in terms of the intermediate to deep passing game, on Joyner is just probably not going to play as big of a role in that area of the field. So, again, essentially, these guys have their role. They have their area of their game where they can really excel. But outside of that, there's just not really a whole lot else you can probably ask out of those guys. Xavier Leggett is not a receiver that you can categorize in that vein. He is somebody that doesn't have just one thing in his game that he does well. He can be involved in screens. He can get open on intermediate to deep passing routes, excuse me, because of the speed that he brings to the field. He has the build to fight through contact, and he also has shown, a la the Gator Bowl against Notre Dame, that he can make spectacular catches down the field as well. And here's the other thing. Xavier Leggett has a rapport already with Spencer Rattler. And this is why, when it comes to the question of who should be that second wide receiver in South Carolina's offense, who needs to be that player that steps up, I put him ahead of guys like an Eddie Lewis or Trey Knox, two transfer additions that South Carolina got so far this offseason. Because Eddie Lewis, he's already going to be primarily a slot guy, and while he's played in a pro-style-ish offense at Memphis the last couple of years, he has not played, of course, with Spencer Rattler. And the thing is, that's something that doesn't get talked about enough. It takes time for these guys to build up chemistry, especially when it comes to the passing game on the offensive side of the ball. And that's the same exact deal with Trey Knox. And the thing is, Trey Knox is going to be playing from that tight end position, and he can maybe operate as a really efficient safety valve at times for Spencer Rattler. And he'll also be a guy that can stretch the field vertically because of the athleticism that he's going to bring. But you just don't know how he's going to do with Spencer Rattler. So, needless to say, Xavier Leggett, he has had the time put in with Spencer Rattler. He knows about the timing of his routes. He knows how Spencer Rattler throws the football. And that's something that is invaluable when you compare that to some of these other guys on this offense. And the other thing is this. Xavier Leggett, when it comes to his work ethic, he has never been somebody that's been questioned by the staff here in Columbia. Shane Beamer has mentioned multiple times in the past that Xavier Leggett is one of the hardest working guys when it comes to the practice field, giving it everything he's got on every single play. And again, obviously, starting at the college level, that's something that's a little bit more difficult to get 
out of these players. But that is not the case with Xavier Leggett. His main issue up to this point in his career has been carrying over that work, well, not the work ethic, but the success that he sees in practice over to the football field when you actually have live games going on. Essentially, his consistency and his performance. That has been sort of the one negative with Xavier Leggett so far in his career because he has shown flashes of somebody that can be a really solid receiver in the SEC. But the issue is that he hasn't shown that every single week. So for spring practice, when it comes to Xavier Leggett, this might be the most important stretch of his career because Xavier Leggett has got to show this offensive coaching staff that he can be the guy that goes out there and can be trusted alongside an Antoine Juice Wells to really help out Spencer Rattler and this offense. Can be consistent in terms of catching the football, getting open, getting some of those yards after the catch, whether it be running through contact or whether you know it be his route running. He has got to be able to show that he can do that play in and play out. And if he can do that in the spring and in the spring game for that matter, I think that that will give him a big boost of confidence going over into fall camp, which will then carry over subsequently to this upcoming fall. And again, if South Carolina's passing game is going to reach its full potential, I think that you need to see Xavier Leggett take that next step at wide receiver and be that number two guy right behind Antoine Juice Wells. Now. Moving on from the gridiron to the hardwood, Don Staley and South Carolina's women's basketball team are going to be starting SEC tournament play later today when they take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. So what are my thoughts on this matchup? We're going to dive into all of that in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA's regular season is nearing the home stretch, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to specific prop bets and even make your own same game parlay. When looking at the NBA matchups for later today, I've got my eyes on the Brooklyn Nets at Boston Celtics matchup. The Celtics are an 11.5 point favorite coming into today, and I've got the Celtics covering the spread here because Jason Tame just broke out of his scoring slump this past Wednesday against the Cavaliers, putting up 41 points. It's in Boston, and the Nets are effectively done after losing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Thank you for making Lockdown Gamecocks your first listen or watch here today. Make sure you check out Lockdown College Basketball, where you'll find everything you need to know about college basketball in just one place. You'll hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Lockdown College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. 
South Carolina's women's basketball team is set to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks in the quarterfinals of the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament later today at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. And in terms of looking at this matchup, I'm just going to be honest with y'all. I think South Carolina is going to run away with this thing at the end of the day. And there's a couple different reasons for this. Firstly, Arkansas, in terms of the size, they just cannot match up with South Carolina. When you compare both of these starting lineups, the Razorbacks only win one individual matchup when it comes to the height of each player. And this is partly the same reason why South Carolina dominated the glass the last time they played the Arkansas Razorbacks. When they played in, I believe, late January or early February, the Gamecocks, of course, won, I believe, 92-46. to They doubled the scoring output of Arkansas. And a big reason why that happened was that South Carolina won the rebounding margin by 65 boards, which was astonishing to watch and I think it actually broke an SEC record for rebounding margin at the end of a conference bout. So, needless to say, Arkansas's lack of size is probably going to hurt them once again in this matchup. And the other thing is this. The Razorbacks just do not have the right ingredients to knock off South Carolina. Because if if you're a team that wants to beat the Gamecocks, you need to have one of three things. You need to have size, you need to have great inside to outside shooting, and you also need to have great team defense. Arkansas doesn't have size. We just went over that. They barely shoot above 40% from the field overall, and that includes 30% from behind the three-point line. And the thing is, their defense is not too shabby, Arkansas's, but it is not as good compared to other teams in this conference like an Ole Miss or Georgia, or Tennessee. There's plenty of other teams out there that defensively would give South Carolina a tougher challenge in that aspect. And the last thing is this. South Carolina, they're not going to be sleepwalking through the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament. They've got the right mindset heading into this upcoming stretch of the season because after they had defeated Georgia in their final regular season contest this past Sunday, Reporters, of course, asked Aaliyah Boston, you know, if the team was feeling a lot more pressure because of the fact they were now undefeated heading into the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament. They asked her a question similar to the one I just laid out for y'all. And I'm paraphrasing here. Aaliyah basically responded saying that the team already has some of that pressure inherently on them, but that they know from this point forward they can't afford to have an off night. So essentially... They understand what to expect. They understand that what is going to be required to win these games because they understand at this point that it is win or go home. Literally every single matchup from this point onward, both in the conference tournament and eventually in the NCAA tournament. So South Carolina, again, it seems like that the star players, you know, obviously they've been around the block now a couple of times. This is a stepping stone towards their larger goal of trying to win another national championship But they're not going to take this game lightly. And if you're an Arkansas Razorbacks fan, you know, that's something that obviously is going to concern you a great deal. When you combine that with everything else that I've already mentioned with this game, South Carolina, there's no reason for them to really have to struggle even to win this contest. South Carolina, I think, is going to comfortably run away with this thing. 
And I think that they will move on to the semifinals to play the winner of either Ole Miss or Texas A&M in that matchup, which is taking place later on in the day. Now, South Carolina has also another big series of matchups that's taking place on the baseball diamond later tonight when they take on their arch rivals in the Clemson Tigers. So, what all do fans need to expect from Clemson? What could Clemson actually bring to the table? Is there anything that they could do that could actually make South Carolina have to really earn a series win this upcoming weekend? We'll dive into all that in just a couple of months right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you are looking for a delicious treat, if you're looking for a protein bar to have throughout the day because, again, you're trying to eat a little bit healthier, you want to be able to get that protein, you're trying to cut down maybe some of the fat content that you've had in recent weeks. If you're looking for a bar like that, then you've got to try out Built Bar. Built Bar is healthy, it is extremely enjoyable, and again, it has a variety of flavors to choose from. Cookies and cream, coconut chunk puffs, cookie dough chunk puffs. If you can't tell already, I think the puffs are probably the best bars that they have got out there, but... All of them are really good. They're 130 calories. They only got 4 grams of sugar. And they have a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can get both of these bars or all of these bars at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. You go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a four-bar box. It's going to have bars like cookies and cream, double chocolate, or those coconut puffs. At Sam's Club, you grab a 13-bar box that includes brownie batter and churro. I promise you, you're going to thank me later because Built Bar is where tasty is the new healthy. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. Safcon's baseball team is set to take on the Clemson Tigers in a battle of the two in-state rivals starting as of this moment later tonight, I believe at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Although there is some question as to whether or not the game could either be pushed back or postponed due to the potential for severe weather in the state later on today. So you may see a schedule change with all that. But either way, we're going to talk about this series like all three games are going to take place one way or another. My main take with this series when looking at both of these squads is that South Carolina is going to have too much at the plate and on the mound for the Tigers to overcome. There's no reason for South Carolina to lose this series. I understand that there's a lot of people out there that are going to be hesitant to just guarantee South Carolina winning this series because of the fact that this is normally a series that is pretty competitive between both of these squads. And obviously, you know, there's been times in the past where Clemson has gotten South Carolina. And recently, of course... It has not gone quite the Gamecocks' way, but I don't think that that's going to really play that big of a role into the matchup this year. I think this is a clear case where one team, in terms of the talent on both sides of the ball, is just completely overmatched. Let's start by talking about South Carolina's pitching staff facing off against the Tigers' batting lineup. South Carolina's pitching staff, up to this point this season, hasn't allowed too many free passes with to their opponents, as they have a strikeout-to-walk ratio of 4.14 to 1, which, again, is just completely and utterly ridiculous for a pitching staff. 
five of Clemson's eight primary starters in their batting lineup have either matched their walks with strikeouts or drawn more walks than have struck out. So what this means is that Clemson is going to have to find some ways to manufacture some hits against the Gamecocks because they're probably not going to be able to draw as many walks as they have up to this point in the non-conference slate. And so far, the Clemson Tigers have been getting the majority of their hits through more of a small ball approach, as 28.7% of their hits have been extra base hits. But only 8% of their hits, or 7 of their 87 hits as a collective ball club, have left the yard. So, again, this points to a more small ball approach from this Tigers baseball club, and something that might end up leaning more so on, say, their base running than anything else. And we'll dive more into that aspect of this matchup in a couple of minutes. Let's move on from that to South Carolina's batting lineup against the Tigers pitching staff. The Gamecocks have shown the ability to do a bit of everything in terms of scoring runs this season. The starting lineup has essentially matched every strikeout with a walk up to this point, which, again, is a great ratio to have for a baseball team. Five different batters have hit four or more homers up to this point in the year. And an astonishing six batters are registering an, an OPS or on-base plus slugging percentage of 1.224 or higher, which in layman's terms is unworldly for college baseball at that. Now, obviously, not all these statistical markers are going to stay that way throughout the entire course of the season, but South Carolina's batting lineup, no matter what you say about the schedule, they have gotten off to a fantastic start to this season. Now, Clemson got some really bad news late Thursday night as News was broken by Matt Connolly, I believe, of um, one of the Clemson websites up there in the upstate that they're not going to have their ace pitcher and Ryan Amons on Friday night or, again, whenever that game is played, dependent on the weather. And the thing is, when looking at the Tigers pitching staff overall, they only have two healthy pitchers on the staff right now that have an ERA below 5.404 the season. And when you look at some of the other stats... It's pretty clear that this is due to some inconsistent command by the Tigers pitching staff. They've hit 13 batters already this season, averaging almost two hit batters per contest, and they've already given up 75 hits in just eight games. So, essentially, the Tigers are already their own worst enemy when it comes to their pitching. And as South Carolina has shown in multiple games throughout the non-conference slate so far, if you can't locate your pitches and you and you leave a few hanging over the plate, they're going to make you pay. And I think that's what's going to happen again to a great extent this upcoming weekend. The only area, honestly, where I could see Gamecock fans having some legitimate concern regards South Carolina's fielding in the infield going up against the Clemson Tigers base running. Because here's the thing. Clemson, again, they are using some more small ball tactics this season to make up for the lack of power in their batting lineup, and part of that has involved trying to steal a lot of bases. They've already tried to steal bases 33 times this year, and they've been successful on 28 of those tries. So, because of that, there's going to be a stronger emphasis 
on catcher Cole Messina and the rest of South Carolina's infield to be on their A game, being more attentive and being ready pretty much at any moment to field a laser throw from home plate at second base or third base to try and tag out a Tiger base runner because they're probably not going to get very many hits this weekend going up against South Carolina's pitching staff. They know that's going to be at a premium. So the Tigers are going to probably be very aggressive in this aspect. But here's the thing. The Gamecocks infield so far has left a lot to be desired in terms of fielding. They've already committed seven errors as a collective group. And the thing is, Comasina has had nine chances to throw out a base runner trying to steal a base this season. And he has yet to be successful on any of these attempts. And there's been a few times where Messina has struggled to just get the ball out of his glove and into his offhand to try to get ready to even make the throw over to second base or third base. So, again, if the Tigers can get base runners, I promise you, you're going to see them be aggressive. They're going to try to steal bases and try to find small ways to manufacture some runs against what is going to be a real dominant pitching staff for South Carolina and a pitching staff that, again, I think is going to, for the most part, overpower Clemson. So there's, of course, a couple different things that you got to talk about with this aspect. The pitching staff, you got to continue to not give up easy passes. You can't give up free passes to these Clemson Tiger batters. And the other thing is, if you're the catcher, Cole Messina, or the rest of the infielders, you've got to be ready at any given moment for these guys to try to pounce on some opportunities to try to steal some bases. If you can do that and you can be successful this weekend, that'll be a step forward in that area. But if you try to do a little bit too much, if you rush things when you feel a tough grounder like Will McGillis and Braylon Wilmer have done at times already this non-conference slate of the season, then Clemson could score some runs. They could make a game or two more interesting in this aspect. So I think that's the one area where if South Carolina's got to have any concern, that's probably where it's going to lie. But again, overall, South Carolina should win this series. There is no reason for the Clemson Tigers to win this series. It's, of course, split up as it always is with one home game at Clemson, a neutral site game at Greenville Floor Field, I believe, and then a home game for the Gamecocks, of course, at Founders Park. But either way you slice it, South Carolina's the better team this year. They got the better coaching staff as of this moment in time. And I could see Clemson maybe taking one game just because of the way this series can be at times. But otherwise, South Carolina should not lose this series. If they do, then um, that is a bit concerning because I promise you, almost every single SEC team that the Gamecocks are going to play against this season is better right now than Clemson. So, honestly, there's no reason, again, for them to lose this series. But crazier things have happened. So, we will see, of course, how things play out as the weekend progresses. But with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are your thoughts on Xavier Leggett and that number two wide receiver spot on South Carolina's offense heading into 2023? Do you think that it is his time to take over that role in the offense? Let me hear your thoughts on that and the other topics I discussed on today's show, as always, down below in the comment section. If you watch today's show on YouTube or if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, you can shoot me a direct message at A-Line underscore SC on 
Twitter. And once again, don't forget to be locked on college basketball, your second listen or watch. Now that you have watched or listened to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. And once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. Have a great rest of your Friday and a fantastic weekend. And I will catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.